0: The goal is to bring your fine art back to the craft so that you get, I mean, so that you actually get to that point where you have a higher success with these. So that, that's, the, that's the goal, actually.
1: Yeah. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 93 of the Commando Voice. Today, I speak with the founder of Melissa Jander Fine Arts and the featured artist of The Loft for the month of May, 2021, please welcome Melissa Jander. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Kameno Voice Podcast, where I interview folks around Kameno Island and beyond. If you wanna stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey Al Anderson, welcome to another episode of the Commando Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. On this episode, I got to speak to Melissa Jander, who is the founder of Melissa Jander Fine Arts, uh, and is also the Featured Artist of the Month for the month of May in uh, in the loft at Commando Commons. So, anyways, I got to interview her and uh, talk about her art, and... Uh, Funny enough, she's actually the very first artist I've interviewed who uses her primary medium of using oil paint. Um, I've had watercolorists and I've had acrylic artists, uh, but she's my first oil-based, which is kind of funny because I think oil is, um, is more thought of in the high art side. Um, if you listen to previous podcasts about uh, from Jed and Lydia, they talk a little bit about that and why oil is kind of the more well-known, um, like kind of where people usually end up. And uh, so anyways, it was a lot of fun getting to talk with her, uh, learned a lot about art. We talked about kind of the difference between uh, what defines fine art and then how is that different from craft and, and other things that, you know, of, uh, just regular art, and things like that. So we got into that. We get to find out her story of how she got to where she got um, and uh, how COVID has affected her and how she's kind of continued to move forward during even in the pandemic. And um, yeah, like I said, she's our featured artist of the month for the month of May up here in the loft. So um, if you're listening to this in this month, be sure to come in and check it out. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Melissa Jander. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Command Voice. Today I'm here with the founder of Melissa Jander Fine Art, as well as the featured artist of, uh, for May in the loft. Welcome to the podcast, Melissa Jander. Thank you. All right. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about Melissa.
0: Um, Let's see. I'm a painter and I live on Kameno Island. We've been here, it'll be three years next month. So not super long time. Yeah. (laughs) But we're loving it.
1: Very cool. So
0: where did you grow up? In Bellevue. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, suburbs, kid filled neighborhood. We did all the stuff, kickball and et cetera. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> cool. So did you do that all through high school then?
0: Yes. Um, so pretty much based in the Be- Bellevue area on okay. the east side. And okay. then um for school I went to WSU. Oh nice. So there we go. Cool.
1: Yeah, go kooks. <laughs> go Cougs. <laughs> Very cool. Um what What kind of led you going to Wazoo versus UW, which was in your backyard?
0: I think probably I had some friends that went to WSU. It was a little bit different feel. I'm more of a country girl than a city girl. So that was the the thinking there.
1: Very cool. Uh, What did you study there?
0: So I uh, wanted to be an artist, but art school was not an option. Because my parents were very practical. And so they said, no, you got to do something practical. Need to get you a job. Get you launched, get you on your own, get going. So um, I started in technical drawing because that was the closest thing to um, art that I could think of. <laughs> and um, it wasn't a good fit, though. It was so restrictive and precise. It, it was just not a fit. Right. So um, another, I loved school, actually. Okay. So many things are fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I went, um, I always loved Spanish, so just kept going with the Spanish. I majored in Spanish and secondary education.
1: Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, just out of curiosity, what were your parents' professions? Um,
0: let's see. Both of them were in business. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And uh, my mom was also a teacher until she had kids. Okay. So, yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, my, my dad... Uh, uh, obviously business background. Mm-hmm. Um, so own businesses, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, when he was, when we were deciding like what we wanted to do for college, it was like, all right, so you've got about three choices here. You or for me, he's like, you can do engineering or business school. Um, he's like, for my sister, it's like nursing or teaching, like, yes. you know, it was just practical things, you know, exactly. <laughs> so and it's, cool.
0: that's not a bad thing. No. It turns out. Yes. So I'm very thankful for the experiences and the skills I got from that liberal arts background as opposed to just fine art. Yeah. So there are many ways to get there. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the technical drawing, was that specifically like for, uh, like manufacturing or something like that? Or what type of things?
0: Um, I started as an architecture major at WSU. Got it. So didn't take very long to realize I do not fit. It is not a fit.
1: Right. Yeah. And if, (laughs) you know, when you think of like engineering or architects, like, um, you've got very, like by the book trying mm-hmm. to get, you know, you've got to follow all the different laws and rules and regulations. And so that's how you're, you're working in a very tight framework. To yes. Make
0: sure. I had lots of red lines all over my assignments. This <laughs> line is a hair off and it, those things are important. Right.
1: So yeah,
0: that's why we go to school. <laughs> yes.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Although I'm, I'm assuming that with like technical drawing stuff, that, like so much of that is a lot more of that is digitized now. And so it's, I don't know. It's a little funny that, like, in the school side, you're probably still, they're probably still training the students to, like, draw straight lines and do these things that are all going to be on computers. Right. So. Right. Very cool. So then, um, so you majored in Spanish then. Uh And what was, um, but when you switched to that, what was kind of the general, like, I guess, first of all, like, with your family and stuff, were they on board with that? And what were you planning on doing with it?
0: They were mostly just saying, pick something and finish. (laughs) Because when you have a lot of interests mm-hmm. and a lot of things are possibilities, it's, it's hard to get narrowed down. So yes. that's just what we picked. They said you could still be creative as a teacher. You can do creative things. You can do art projects. That sounded great. However, the classroom setting, the public school setting wasn't a fit either. So now what? So you just finished. <laughs> Basically, the idea is just finished.
1: <laughs> All right. So then did you actually end up going into teaching then?
0: I didn't. I had a really wonderful, um, I had a great student teaching experience, but it was very difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And I had one of the mentor teachers just talk to me at the end and she could obviously see this was maybe not the best fit. (laughs) And she just gave me some really good advice. And she said, you know, just, you don't have to be a teacher. You've got the degree. You could do that sometime, but you don't have to. Yeah. You could get another job. And the wheels started turning, and I started <laughs> talking to other people, and I got a job in advertising.
1: Okay. Oh, very cool.
0: Yeah. That was fun. And it was more the admin side because that's an easier um, side to break into. Okay. But with the eye of going towards the graphic design and getting more into that creative side Yeah. of that. So that's what I did. Eventually worked my way around through different companies and... um Got into graphic design, okay. and then got a degree at Art Institute of Seattle for okay. design, and um, spent a little bit of time as a designer, which was my favorite job.
1: Nice. <laughs> nice. Very cool. So when you were breaking into that, um, uh, I've interviewed uh, the owner of, or founder, I guess, of Kamano Cider, Corey, was also in that side of things. He was in like the marketing agency, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And it was just like the that world is insane, like your deadlines, everything. How was that for you? then jumping into all of that
0: it i I kind of waded into it toe by toe, okay, and so I didn't have to get thrown into it, okay, which is nice. So I would be working for a company in an admin role, but mm-hmm. doing their newsletters and okay. then doing an ad every now and then if they needed one, finding kind of my own projects and grabbing them and saying. I could do that. I could do a new packaging for you. And um, so that's kind of how I got into it. Okay. Yeah.
1: Nice. And then once you were fully involved in that, then mm-hmm. how was that for you?
0: It was great. we I was part of an art department okay. for an educational software company. Okay. That's no longer in existence because a lot of those got bought up by bigger guys. And then, um, so a lot of changes happened at that <clears throat> point, but it was just a great job. We had packaging. We were working for teachers um, in the educational world, but okay. in fun, entertaining <laughs> education. So packaging ads and um, stickers and just, I mean, everything. It was yeah. all fun.
1: Yeah. Nice. Cool. So then um, where did you go from there then?
0: Um, and then I stayed home with kids okay. to raise kids for a while. And I started painting okay. at that point from home, doing acrylics. Okay. Just painting little, painting on wood and just having fun with kids and doing maybe the occasional small community farmer's market or a little tent show here and there. Yeah. And then gradually over the years, taking an art class and getting more into the fine art. And then that's when it's I really started studying and kind of creating my own fine art education from there.
1: Okay. Yeah. So when you were um, growing up and stuff, did you have any experience with painting and stuff like that?
0: All I remember is I was just always painting and drawing. Okay. But I just thought, I just assumed everybody does that. Yeah. But and I
1: think they do. Yeah, like especially for like that very young group of kids. But then yeah. as you probably hit like 12, 13, like... They start kind of diverging, like if they're going to continue that or whatever. So, true, so true. you just continued on doing that then.
0: Yeah, and I would just do all kinds of things. So I just remember with Easter dying Easter eggs one time, we we had you know all the paper towels laid out and all the <laughs> eggs, and then you have all these awesome colors of, yeah. of water, and I thought the paper towels that we were drying the eggs on looked awesome, so I started folding and dipping, and I think I was probably in second or third grade (laughs) folding and dipping and then saying look how great this is and then I put them up around my room and I invited people in for like a gallery show I'd never been to a gallery did not know what a gallery was but it just seemed like a good idea at the time
1: (laughs) (laughs) very cool okay so then you got started with acrylics then just kind of painting on wood you said Mm -hmm. um where did it kind of go from there you said you took art started taking art classes where did where'd you Mm -hmm. take those
0: um let's see where did I start taking um think we were in Colorado at the time so Loveland Academy of Fine Art mm-hmm. just for intro to painting so I would kind of bounce around take an intro to painting here intro to drawing um art institute my design degree I did get a little more of the drawing <coughs> classes so okay. that was great um places like when we were back in Washington back at Kirkland um what's that Kirkland Fine Arts Academy or something there's a isn't okay. there a Kirkland and I don't even know what's there anymore. Okay. Kirkland Art School. Um sorry. No, you're <laughs> fine. No, no, sometimes opaline. remembering
1: all the different names is <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. And um met some other um, art students that were also moms and so we would get together and paint so we just kept it going and then started looking around for organizations like east side association of fine arts and you could join those keep painting enter small um, sort of um, small little shows at the meetings and okay. get critiques yeah and then we would sort of look together and see who we want to take a class from and and then they kind of dropped off, and I just really
1: kept going. Okay. Nice. So then, um, where did you, okay, so then where did you go from there then? As you were taking these classes and you kept going, where, where did you kind of go from there?
0: That's a good question. I think I just kept finding artists that I was interested in. Um, I took some, several workshops from a local artist, Michelle Yusavelli. Okay. And um, – Just other, yeah, just other artists and mostly studied more fine art, started going to more galleries, bought a lot of fine art books. Yeah. Um, And I love the Impressionist and the Post-Impressionist, of course, Monet, but Van Gogh and Cezanne is one of my favorites. And I felt like as I started using oils, I felt like, wow, my, my brushed language or whatever my handwriting with the brush kind of looks like that I should see what he did I should investigate this more yeah and that approach is kind of what I've done ever since okay yeah
1: very cool so um this is probably like I've, I've had artists and stuff on the show um and I've never really asked this question it's probably a really dumb question um <laughs> no what dumb defines questions. fine art versus regular art or other types of art
0: that's a great question. I I find it a very gray area. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that some fine craft goes into art. Okay. But I, And I tried, actually, I had to, of course, I tried to study it and look it up and what is that? Yeah. What do people mean when they say that? And so I've read things that talk about craft mm-hmm. and fine craft. And the way I understood it from what I was reading is, Craft is when you are trying to reproduce the same result okay. and produce an item yep. to a higher and higher um, excellence, okay. quality excellence, yeah. um, whatever that is, you know, for the artist. And and that <clears throat> art is when you're doing something new every time, and it seems like it's more exploratory, and it's more, ah, uh, I don't know. That's about all i got from that no that's <laughs> that's great
1: i think that's a great definition to kind of work from i think it's it explains a lot because like you've got like these people that are i mean uh so if you've watched any videos on um people from japan there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of like masters in japan that master very specific crafts yes and it'll be family generational like wow generations have continued to perfect so like um there's this guy that does uh mochi pounding and you know But that's generationally, like he's been Uh doing it for 40 plus years, like continually trying to improve it. Wow. And I think, at least from what my perspective is, in America, we a lot of times get bored with things. Yes. So, you know, if we put five years into something like, wow, we really invested in that. But like other cultures understand, I think, like craft. Of like generationally,
0: yes, and I've also read the, from some artists, and maybe it was some of the post impressionists that they were saying, the goal is to bring your fine art back to the craft,
1: okay. so that
0: you get, I mean, so that you actually get to that point where you have a higher success with these, so that that's the that's the goal actually, yeah, and it's the goal is not the fine art and this kind of nebulous goal yeah. it's actually to get your art to the point where it it is craft wow and i thought that was a very interesting idea and it also takes that stigma off of p- being put in a category because yeah yeah
1: yeah that's very anyway. cool i think that's a really interesting uh, i'd never really thought about art versus craft and um yeah i think that's well mm-hmm. put Thanks. Very cool.
0: And if you do focus, like you were talking about, the generational, mm-hmm. that that if you do focus, then you get to that higher level, I think, yeah. of achievement and sensitivity to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really hard when you're interested in a lot of things, yeah. but it's, it's well, I guess it could be better for some people, but but for me, that's why I decided kind of on the oil yeah. where you could do acrylic, you could do watercolor, you could do drawing, you could knit. You, you know, yeah. <laughs> but but for me the the venue that seemed to speak to my heart more was the oil painting, yeah. and I wanted to see what would happen yeah. if I focused. What will happen if I spend the next ten years doing this as good as I can and learning and just keep trying harder and harder? Yeah, what will happen?
1: Yeah. And how was that like, because you mentioned in the beginning, especially like you kind of were like a squirrel. You were looking at everything and everything looked exciting. What kind of made you make that decision and how has that continued for you? Like, is it still really difficult to say, no, this is what I need to focus on?
0: I still struggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's what you're drawn to. So if I go to a gallery, when I go up in the loft, the paintings, I mean, for me, it grabs my heart like, Well, then, you know, that's the thing.
1: Yeah. Very cool. And then you mentioned that you had started with acrylic. Um, You now do oil. Um, Have you played around with watercolors as well? Sure. Yeah.
0: They're great for traveling. Yeah. And um, in fact, like I have a little, (laughs) I have a little kit here. It's awesome. Just bringing a sketchbook and a pen and a little tiny (laughs) dab. Look at this. It's about a business card size little case and it has
1: oh very little
0: piles of dried watercolor in there and then you take a water brush with you and sketching on the go and when you're bored or anything
1: yeah and for yeah for people who can't see because obviously it's a podcast but it's about business (laughs) size card and when you flip it open it's got dried watercolors of all these different colors inside of it that's very cool um so then when you were kind of looking and oh let me touch on this real quick One of the things that, like, I've noticed in talking to different artists and, like, I've talked to people who do watercolor as their primary, um, acrylic as their primary. Actually, I think you're my first oil painter as a primary. Oh, yay. Um, So that's very cool. (laughs) Um, But it's always interesting to me, like, how they came about to that specific one. Um, What was it about oil that really drew you in? I think
0: that's what I was always attracted to in galleries. Okay. I found that that... The color and the depth was something that you could see across the room. And when you got close to the painting, there was even more reward. Yeah. Looking into it, stepping back. Um, I just think, yeah, the, the end result really of that piece yeah. it was just, oh, that's
1: just it for me. Nice. Very <laughs> cool. So then getting started with oil and everything, how did you um, get into that? How did that kind of slowly evolve?
0: Um, well, let's see, as a kid, my grandma Rose had always encouraged me. She was always, always loved everything I ever did. You know, even those color posters, (laughs) you know, I would always had a pack of every color felt pen. Um, so, so I think her encouragement just kept me going. And so when I think of her, I think of her flowers. She loved flowers. Yeah. So I wanted to paint flowers because- That for her, that was what captivated her heart. You know, yeah. some people go, oh, it's a nice flower. But for her, they captivated her. They delighted her. And so I just thought I started to see them through her eyes, you yeah. know. So I started painting flowers and still life. And those kind of things were really accessible yeah. um, at all times. Right. And so, and I just, and that's what I loved when I went to museums too, was okay. those still lifes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the ones that had more color and more light and more um, kind of left more to the imagination as opposed to tightly rendered. Right. So that's that kind of guided me also. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's yeah. what I kept working on at Very home. cool.
1: Nice. Yeah. And that's um, uh, again, for those who are listening um, through the month of May, she's the featured artist in the loft at Camino Commons. So if you go upstairs there uh, inside the marketplace, she's going to be on the featured artist wall. And I've been able to check out some of your drawings, and or paintings, not drawings, uh, that you have up, and they're, I mean, they're very beautiful, and they're different. They're definitely, they stand out because they're very different from what we have um, around the loft as well.
0: Thank you. Um,
1: and again, I think I just haven't had much exposure to oil painting, so... Um, you know, Lydia does a lot of acrylic, J- uh, Jed Dorsey, who was up there before her, um, did almost all acrylic.
0: Yes. I um, love both their work. Yeah. Yeah. I met Jed, um, at a plein air event that okay. he hosted, yeah. um, several years ago and yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. Super he's, fun. He's great. And his energy and his, like, he's a great teacher as well. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Always encouraging and, and. I don't know. I've always loved hearing him. Like uh, he used to teach a class every set or every other Saturday upstairs and just his energy that he brought to it Mm -hmm. was always great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then like John Ebner, who's a watercolorist. So I've seen some of his works and stuff, but yeah, again, I don't know like many oil um, painters.
0: Well, cool. Good, good. So yeah, my style is different than, Mm -hmm. than other people. And I just thought, well, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna paint and you want to express, you know, beauty and and be have something inspirational come of it, or hopefully connect with someone, I think that our best shot is to paint what makes our heart sing. And you don't know how that's gonna affect um, other people or what they're gonna respond to. Yeah. But when you connect with someone who that same type of thing connects with. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, there's just nothing better, right? So, yeah, and I think the other thing is, um, I know this word is thrown out a lot, but the you know authenticity and stuff like that. But I do think um, when you are putting yourself out there, and actually with talking with Lydia on her first podcast, um, she was talking about this that when she found painting, she had done lots of different art types. She had done theater, music, but when she did painting. It was a different level to her because mm-hmm. it was very personal. Yes. It wasn't just something that she was putting together with a group for other reasons. Like, it was her. And um, in doing that was very difficult for her in the beginning. Yeah. Um, because you are. You're putting yourself out there. It's not like uh, if you're doing something that's as a big group, like a team sport or something. Like, you're throwing everything you have at it, but, like, there's other members that it could be faulty of. Or there's other other people involved. Right. Um, And also if someone insults you, you know, they're insulting you as a group or team, not just you. And so when you're putting your art out there and someone walks up, if they're, you know, if it's positive, it's that's you. And if it's negative, it's you. And so you have to really be right. Handle all that. How have you kind of handled all of that?
0: It's it's so true. That's a really good question. And you're so right. It's not like you're making pancakes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Because you put the ingredients in, you put them out there. They can be good, they can be bad. But I think when you do something that costs you more, mm-hmm. then there's more at stake out there. Yeah. Um. But another re- another thing is what are you? What is your goal? What are you trying to get out of it? So if your goal is something that, well, really the goal is just to do them and yeah. really just to put them out there and share them. Yeah. And then the response is their job, right? So I've done my job. I'm digging as deep as I can, yeah. And I'm I'm getting my skills as good as I can mm-hmm. to express the thought and you know beauty and joy, um, or nostalgia or whatever it is that is happening when I'm looking at this thing, yeah. Um, then then you've met, you've done it, yeah. And the rest is the rest is the viewer's job, yeah. And that's kind of the collaborative part with your viewer.
1: Yeah, yeah. So then, um, it sounds like what you're when you're doing this, you've got so much kind of. There's a lot of emotional and um, you know, your soul. You're like you're putting your soul out there in this. How do you kind of get into that mind space when you're you're doing your your art?
0: There are. That's another great question. Good good questions. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so. I find that I go through different uh, phases while I'm painting. Okay. So there are different phases for me. I might think about something for many, many days or weeks before I put it together. I'm thinking of colors. I'm thinking of what's blooming in my garden. Yeah. Um, I might think of a theme um, or what do these objects represent? What can I put together? And that doesn't always... Um, get carried through to the very end in a very overt um message like in the title or something. Right. But it's just something that gets me up in the morning. What is what's interesting? What colors are exciting? Mm-hmm. Let's just go down that road for a while. Yeah. So um that's kind of what brings me along and then and then somewhere there's some technical. I got to do a drawing of it. I got to figure this out. What's my roadmap? That's more analytical. And then when you've got the paint going, I'm mixing colors. I do colors ahead of time, puddles of color. Okay. Because as a designer, I love that combining and almost coming up with a color scheme. Yeah. And and how do I like these pa- colors on my palette? How does that right. turquoise play against a peach? Yeah. Well, what would it say if it was against a, a cooler pink? And then this flower might not be exactly that, you know, That tropical orange, but I really love it next to that turquoise. So that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. So that's kinda where you get less um realistic and what exactly is happening as far as well, how's this making me feel? Yeah. So um and then at the end it's either yay or ooh, maybe next (laughs) time. (laughs) But yeah. But so there's a lot of the different emotion versus technical.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's that's really funny because like what you're talking about the color palette stuff like that like it's all what you'd use in marketing and advertising like your, you know, branding all of that stuff is all based on your color palette and things like that. So yeah. it's, you're like you're bringing all of that stuff that you you learned in the advertising world and you're bringing it into your art now. Isn't that amazing
0: um, when that yeah. happens? Mm-hmm. All the different pieces of your background. Yeah. Then they start to come together. You can yeah. see how it hit all, all fits.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So then. Um, Another question I have then, when you are, um, you know, you've got, you've got art shows and showings and things like that, where you're going to, and you know that you have to, you know, get so much done, um, from a business perspective, that makes sense to me because like, that's how my brain works is very, a lot more on the scientific mathematical side. Mm -hmm. So like, if you know, you have to get everything done by this date, you can schedule out from there. Art is a lot more free flowing. So what happens if you know you have a show in a month and you, so you've got to get some painting stuff done and you wake up one day and you're like not feeling it today and then you go through like a week or like you have a rut? How do you kind of get yourself out of that?
0: That is a great, great question and it, and it happens. Um, I think that's where, and I feel like I'm still trying to do this. I'm trying to cultivate a habit of painting. So that I'm always in some part of that phase. I'm either thinking of what's next, what kind of themes, have have something set up, be drawing. So some of those early stages Mm -hmm. are things that are really easy to jump (laughs) into. And I almost try and kid myself. I'm not painting today. No, 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 no. We're not painting today. We don't have to paint today. I'm just putting some things on a table (laughs) in the direct sunlight with this cloth behind it. But I'm not painting, (laughs) but it's all part of painting.
1: Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I think that's something, um, you know, regardless, I think if you're a, you know, in business or if you're, you know, whatever you're doing, you kind of run into, you know, you know, authors have an easy phrase of writer's block, but we all kind of run into that. Yeah. And we all have to kind of figure out ways to get around that. Exactly. Um,
0: Exactly. Those preliminary steps that are your routine mm -hmm. get you back into that creative situation, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Um, What other, do you have other forms of art that you have, um, that you continually work on as well, or have you really just focused in on on oil painting?
0: I'm really focusing on the oils and um, I'm trying to really. Expand my skill set. So I've done some figure and just starting a little bit of portraiture. Okay. Which it, and, and the way it, it's really hard because it's a whole nother skill set. Yeah. But the fun part to me is what would happen if I do this? in this style. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I want to see what's going to happen if I put these pieces together and do what I know how to do, but then try and do something different with it.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. It's kind of like cooking in the sense of like you're combining all these different spices that you're learning all these different techniques, but then what happens when you put them all into one thing?
0: Right. Right. What good. happens if I put some of these Asian what I know <laughs> is like an Asian spice or Asian herbs into Something different, like yeah. a bread, or you know, yeah,
1: right. yeah. yeah, the
0: what if that, that's powerful, yeah,
1: well, and I think the other th- thing um with I mean for artists and and you know is that you guys, what you have is everything that you're doing is based on um furthering your art and your craft and your abilities, and that's something that it's yours now, like you take that no matter where you go, where you are in the world like. Yes, you have to build followings and and things like that. But, like, all the skills you're learning is something that is yours that you are now get to bring wherever you go. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So true. So Yeah, I love that about art and, I mean, really about life. If you're a gardener, Mm -hmm. you know, wherever you go, you're going to know what the pieces are that you need. And you're going to have an idea and a vision for what you want to create. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, very cool. So how have you had to adapt, um, you know, we're, we passed the year mark of when COVID hit and all Mm -hmm. that, um, or really affected us, I guess. Um, how have you had to adapt over that time?
0: Yeah, that's been tough for a lot of artists. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had a couple of shows canceled that I really depend on. Um, but you know, the gallery owners too, they have it hard. They're trying to figure out a way to get people still in and, I think we're all just um I think we're all just doing what we know how to do. Yeah. And just keep plugging away, keep being inspired, yeah. keep making stuff. Yeah. And then find out ways to get connected. Um I've taken a couple of Zoom workshops. Okay. So without having the shows, it's right. kind of a bummer, but on the other hand, you've got more time to study mm-hmm. and try some new stuff like the figure and the portrait. And um, Winslow Art Center is is a great resource. They've been doing some really good Zoom workshops, and Martha gets great instructors in. Nice. Um, So that's been really good. So there's a plus side to that, you know? Nice, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: And again, this comes back to like... um, Having that motiva- self-motivation and stuff like that. like You could choose to, well, can't do shows, so don't need to paint. I'm just going to sit on the couch do Netflix. Yeah. Um, or you can say, hey, I've been given this opportunity that I'm never given of there's no shows for, you know, for the foreseeable future. I could get really far in an education that I could never do if this opportunity wasn't there.
0: Right. And there's this other thing you know for painters. It's called brush miles. Mm-hmm. And it's covering miles of canvas. And so having an opportunity just to do a lot of painting and get a lot of brush miles yeah. is going to be a benefit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> all right. And then I wanted to ask you, what is some, tell us about the art that you're bringing into the loft then.
0: So let's see. Um, well, let's see. First of all, I'm really grateful to um, Lydia for the opportunity to show up there. And she is really giving a lot of us a chance to bring our art and have it be seen in a time when it's hard for most places to be open. So thank goodness for (laughs) the commons. And um, But yeah, the art that I'm bringing in is uh, still lives. Um, I think that you'll find them um, filled with light and color. They're expressive and um, they kind of leave room for the imagination for... I like to leave room for people to, to finish the story. Yeah. I think that our brains are happy when we get to go, when we get to look at something that where the story is not all the way told. Right. Word for word. Yeah. And I think that it I I like paintings like that. Yeah. That leave room for me to fill in my own story and then I can relate to them. So yeah. so hopefully that's what that's what you'll find. There's a lot of flowers for Mother's Day and yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's a neat space up there.
1: Very cool. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid-fire questions. Um, so the first one is, what purchase of $100 or less have you enjoyed the most over the last three months?
0: Oh, we, we added to our chicken flock. So we got about six baby chicks. Okay. So I would say they've, nice. they've been really fun. Yeah. Really fun.
1: Very cool. Uh, pretend you have a friend coming from out of town. What would the first day look like here?
0: Okay. Well... I really would take them to Camino Commons for coffee or ice cream. Definitely when we were looking for a house. Yeah. This was our first stop. We we looked for a house for about two years. Okay. On the island. And and this was just uh, oh, that looks like a fun place. So we pulled off and and so that was kind of our routine as we were looking at houses and exploring the island. We always stopped in. So I would definitely nice. bring him here. Yeah. And then probably go check out some beaches, um, English boom or maybe um, yeah. Livingston. And being new, we probably don't know all the spots yet. Yeah. There's a, a really pretty hike. Trail four springs, Mm -hmm. I think, off of off of West Commando Drive or um yeah. Okay somewhere on the west side and um it's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
1: All right. Who's an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next?
0: Okay. So being new, I don't know a lot of people. Okay. Um Okay. One that comes to mind is actually, she is a flower farmer at the farmhouse flower farm. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of them, but she moved to Camino Stanwood area with, with um, and this is just, I've never met her, but I've kind of been following her yeah. on social media. And so she had this dream of a flower farm Yeah, and she's making it happen. So I think
1: she'd be really interesting. For nice. See. Cool. All right. And lastly, if you could have a message on a billboard right as you're driving on the island, what would that say? good choice to
0: come to Camino today.
1: <laughs> Actually, that's, that's a really fun one. That would be a, I think that would be a really good one. <laughs> Thanks. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today.
0: Thank you. It was really fun. Yeah. It was an honor to be invited.
1: <laughs> awesome. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Melissa Jander for joining me on the podcast and thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode, you can go to commandocommons.com slash EP93. That's commandocommons.com slash EP93. Thanks for listening and see you next time.